Hello and welcome back to the Firestarters Podcast. I am Colin. I'm here with Joe. Yo. We are also here with Tyler Whitburn. Yep. You know what that means? We got some NBA to talk about, baby. Let's chop it up. Everything litty, y'all love when it's hot. Follow us at Pod Firestarters on Twitter. Email us at firestarterspod at gmail.com with questions to get you guys more involved. It is April 11th. It's a Monday. That's weird. It's It's been a few weeks. We've had a lot going down, uh, but we're, we're back at it. Uh, we got NBA playoffs coming up. We got the play-in tournament set. We got the whole bracket set up. Uh, we had teams tanking for for playoff positioning, or resting players to make sure they don't get hurt. Um, so, so what are we looking at? What are we looking at today, Joe? Well, playing starts tomorrow. That's the big thing. Uh, well, t- tomorrow, as in you know, it's Monday uh, when this is coming out. Yeah. It will probably be today. Um, yes. I don't even know what game is first. Uh, I don't either. Clippers, T Wolves, maybe. I think it is. Uh, Cavs Nets is okay, first. I was wrong. There you go. Cavs Nets and then Clippers Seawolves, yeah. So, yeah, the 7-8 games, I think they're good games. Uh, yep. You know, I like the Nets, obviously. Uh, the Nets were in first until Kevin Durant got hurt. So, Cavs, they were in fourth, and then everybody got hurt. And now they're in the plan, and they probably really don't stand a chance. Uh, Mobley has been back for one game. Going to be a tough assignment if he's the one that's tasked with guarding KD. And, you know, when you got KD and Kyrie, and you just got to win one game at home, I like their chances to get the seventh seed. But before we yeah, really, I, like, get into the whole play-in and, like, what, it, like what we're going to talk about, are you guys a fan of the play-in tournament? Yeah. I like it. Like, I'm, I'm here, I'm I've heard that. different results, and I'm, I personally think it's like one of the best things to happen to the NBA in like the last ten years. Like the, these last games matter. Like you, you essentially take the regular season and turn it into more playoffs, which is like everyone who knows the NBA knows that everybody only cares. like you really get to see that level of talent in the playoffs. And uh, it's weird to me that some people don't like it. Yeah, I. I... The, the 9 and 10 games are obviously the ones that, like, really matter with the plan because obviously the 7 and 8 would already be in the playoffs if it was normal. But the the having, like, the Hawks and the Hornets have an opportunity to play themselves into the playoffs is a ton of fun. Yeah. Like, having get, getting to see yeah. more Trey Young, and then, like, getting to see LaMelo in pressure situations. Even better, too, because you have, like, a hot team that just came off of playing for their lives – Oh, like, and then you have like a rested, like decent team. It, like, it, it, in my experience, since it's been implemented, like the first couple rounds are way more fun to watch than they have been like prior. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. I think it's a lot more fun in the East this year than it is in the West because I don't know how much I want to watch the Spurs. I mean, the West is the new East uh, from five years ago. Like, all the talent. Yeah, in the East honestly. Now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but. I guess before we we dive in to uh, the 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 play in and the playoffs and everything, we threw out some polls on the the Twitter sphere. We looked at 
all of our awards that we have this year. We had MVP. Uh, we're looking at Defensive Player of the Year, Rookie of the Year, Most Approved Player, Coach of the Year, and Sixth Man of the Year. Um, so I kind of wanted to start with that. End of the season, we have a full 82-game kind of sample size. We don't have to guess and project anymore. We just get to look at exactly what these guys have done. So I want to ask you guys, for the podcast, we're sealing and sealing the deal. There's going to be graphics made and put on Twitter of your decisions. So, Joe, who's your MVP of the 2022 season? Uh, it's Nikola Jokic for very obvious reasons because his team sucks. And they're still <laughs> a sixth seed because he's having one of the best seasons in history. He's the first player yeah. with 2,000 points, 1,000 rebounds 500 assists which is incredible Mm -hmm. and he's a center yeah and he's playing with austin rivers and jeff green and (laughs) monte morris yeah i i was sitting there and i saw i saw the stat that he is first at 2100 or 2500 i was sitting there i'm like russell westbrook averaged a triple double for a season two seasons oscar robertson Average triple double, and neither of them got to to those three numbers. But rebounds. I mean, I guess uh, Russell, Russell yeah, Westbrook the Jokic rebound numbers. Like Twenty five hundred, eight hundred, and eight hundred, or something like that. Right. Um, yeah. No, those those rebound numbers. Yeah. Are nuts. I mean, it's just like the rebounds means it's a fucking big man, you know. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. Like in the way that like Steph Curry revolutionized the game. Jokic is my pitch pick for MVP as well. Uh, but like the way that Jokic is revolutionizing the game is like. All you hear about is just like, are we just playing position positionless basketball at this point? Is there guard guard forward, you know, guard 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 forward forward or something like that? Like, there's no more positions anymore because of what he can do. Um, in the same way, like it's, I don't think it's gotten to the point yet, but I, I have a feeling if it like goes on this trajectory, like in a couple of years we'll be talking about how he was just as influential to the game of basketball as Steph Curry was in recent years, because like. What other big man in the history of ever is known for his passing ability in the same way? And I mean, like a true big man, not like people who are huge that can also like actually dribble the ball. I mean, not that he can't, but I mean, like in the way that like LeBron, KD, Giannis, like those huge like freaks of nature. Yeah. Um, just for a big man who plays a traditional big man to have that much impact on the offense as a whole, without just being Shaq, like it's it's insane to see what he's done. Well, he's, yeah, he's literally I mean, playing point guard. Right. That, yeah. That's yeah. the thing. That is the thing. It's it's not like he's having a guy bring the ball up, give it to him at the high post, and then he's working the action. He is literally bringing the ball down the floor right. almost every single possession for this team, and then he just does everything. Like, it's it's not like they get in the half court and then do some. He, the stuff he does in transition, I mean, the lookaways – I mean, everything. The hockey assists. He just knows where guys are going to be. He, he, he's got the vision. He's got the IQ. And he is... I don't know how you can't call Jokic the MVP this year. Yeah. I, I think it, it's been pretty clear, especially down the stretch. I mean, there was a moment that the MVP could have been had by either Embiid or Giannis. But I, I think that Jokic seized it down the stretch here he had multiple games that were like signature 
wins where he was doing literally everything for his team. He also never had and, a rough patch. Like, Embiid went through right, exactly. Patches, and like Giannis did, didn't need to play a lot. It's like yeah, if Giannis right. played like forty minutes, he would have won the scoring title. Like period. <laughs> You'd be looking yeah, at thirty-seven, exactly. yeah, fourteen, exactly. <laughs> and nine every game. <laughs> But, like, that's the thing. Is like, it's, we're talking most valuable, and, like, Giannis is incredibly valuable, but, like, that team is a fucking lottery team without Jokic. Yeah. And yeah. to, like, go further than that, everyone's just like, oh, like, you know, his two best co-stars are out and everything. That's fair. But, like, at the same time, Michael Porter Jr. and Jamal Murray, I don't think are franchise guys. Like, at, at least at this point, Jamal Murray might be. But at this point, Jamal Murray's a bubble star like T.J. Ward, who just got hurt and hasn't been exposed yet. You know what I mean? Like, come on, bro. He <laughs> bubble baller. That's crazy. And I got him and Anthony the Davis won the title that year, so no. I clearly can't have anything against the bubble. But I'm saying, like, like look at T.J. Ward. Nothing's happened since I exiting the bubble. And granted, he's been hurt and everything, but I haven't seen Jamal Murray play at a norm like a normal season where he's been All Star caliber. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree. I, and Michael Porter Jr. obviously has showed flashes of being, like, an elite shooter and, like, a, a good shot I mean, shot in the creator, same way Andrew Wiggins I'll, does a couple times a year, like, before then. Like, yeah, yeah, I was going to say. Like, there's a, there's not much more than that that, that you've seen. And he's the, had bad medicals coming into the Especially league. Them are off and you've seen contract. nothing. His contract is nuts. Like, yeah, for that what was, he's done at this uh, point, his contract crazy. is crazy. And they could have just waited. Right, yeah. <laughs> they did not yeah. have to extend him. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, you lose your third uh, option, kind of, not really. Like, Aaron Gordon is, yeah. is could be their third option. Yeah. Uh, not not great. Um, oh, boy. But now the defense player of the year race, that, that was one of the more interesting ones, in my opinion. In our community vote, it was a landslide. Marcus Smart won, and he'd be the first guard since Gary Payton to win it, Damn. which is a kind of a cool little nugget. It's been basically all big men with some forwards sprinkled in since 1996. Um, but what, what what do you guys think about, uh, about, about Defensive Player of the Year race? My thing with the Defensive Player of the Year is, like, how many has Rudy Garbert won, and he has gotten absolutely – like put the spotlight on him on how he's actually <laughs> incapable of playing defense at an elite level, like for the playoffs for years. So, like when I picked Giannis, I picked Giannis because who do you want guarding the best player on the court? If you if you just randomly like if you sat down and this was a hypothetical situation where you're going to like this person you pick is going to have to guard one through five on the floor. Who who is the best player in the league? And that is why I picked Giannis. Giannis is great off ball. He's phenomenal on ball. I mean, to be fair, like when it comes to guarding guards, uh, Drew Holiday's probably better than him. But like for a, a positionless one through five with off ball in in consideration, I still just think it's hands down Giannis. But I, I I I'm clearly wrong. That's not where the votes went. Yeah, I I mean I, it's it's an interesting race this year because, uh, Jaron Jackson is probably the best big man defender in the NBA right now and he does so much to anchor that great Grizzlies defense and I mean that's kind of where they hold their water 
especially while they're like missing Ja and everything, like they're still winning games because of elite defense and then what they do on the offense end. But I, I mean, Giannis, we we all know what Giannis does on defense. It's just I, I don't, the fact that he doesn't have to exert the like on ball defensive pressure because they allow him to kind of roam on defense because he doesn't have to guard their their best guy. They have a Drew Holiday. They have a Chris Middleton that they can throw at the best guy on the other team. So, like, voters could look at that and be like, well, Giannis isn't guarding the main guy on the other team. But generally, your best defender, honestly, is probably not guarding the best guy until you look at a guy like Marcus Smart, which is why there's a good case for him. Because Marcus Smart is generally getting down and dirty with every single like number one option that they're playing against because he doesn't have to score for that. Right, team. yeah, he's scrappy. He's there for defense for sure. That's the thing. Is is being a dickhead on defense really good defense? <laughs> like from I mean, a guard? Like Pat, just, because you can, just because you can <laughs> slap up every guy that's bigger than you and, and you don't get called for it because you're a smaller guy, is that really good defense? Yeah. Like I don't, I don't see Marcus Smart like putting a guy in chains, beating him to every spot, and getting twenty four second calls. I think Drew Holiday's like, a better yeah. defender in the half court and like the open court than Marcus Smart is when it comes to guards. But I'm also I hate the Celtics, so maybe that's why. <laughs> yeah, I think it was more of, I think Robert Williams was a better defender on that team than Marcus Smart. And I think he impacted their defense more than Marcus Smart did. It's it's just the fact that Smart's Pat Bev, but a little bigger and a little stronger. Right. Yeah. That's, that's exactly. That's what it is. That's, he's is a thorn in your side. Yeah. Is just incredibly annoying. Not like where Gary Payton was shackles. He was. Yeah. You weren't going anywhere. You were in mud when Gary Payton was in front of you. Marcus Smart is he's not the same player like that. Yeah. That that's kind of the the point that I was trying to make is like you can tune into a TNT game and see Marcus Smart like annoying Giannis for a while. Like yeah. that's that's annoying kind Giannis of like you can see eight and eight game, yes. Right, yeah, <laughs> no, I'm not definitely not like locking him up, but like you see him like poke the ball out. Right. And you see sure. him like making the hustle plays and like you can put together like this this reel of Marcus Smart like diving at Steph Curry's ankles. Mm-hmm. Right. Like it's it's the kind of guy that gets uh, wins over the hearts and minds when you're talking about defensive players, but when you, I, I mean, I I pick Jared Jackson as my defensive player of the year Same. because I I think that he not only is the anchor as a rim protector, he also is an excellent perimeter defender for his position. Like he moves his feet, he's smooth, he's quick, and so like it's it's not like you're begging for a switch to get Jaron Jackson on you, which is kind of what happens, like you said, with Rudy Gobert. I like how I asked, like, yeah, who do you got for defense player of the year? And you're like, fucking Rudy Gobert sucks. That's the first thing out of your mouth. Because <laughs> he does, man. How many times do you need no, to no, I, the playoff for people to just, like, sh- he's a great interior defender. He's not really anything else. Yeah, and that's, that's kind of where I'm at with Jaron because he – is a great interior defender, but he can also do a lot of other things on defense. And just like his positioning off ball is great. His, his help side, his recovery and cutting people off on dribble drives is all like really solid. And it's feeling one of the better defenses in the NBA. Yeah, I was, I was between 
Jaron Jackson and Matisse Thibel. Um, but the problem is with Thibel, he just isn't on the court as right, much yeah. as Jaron Jackson is. And that's that's kind of also the argument against Jaron Jackson is because like, when he was younger, he just fouled so much that you would get so many games where he's playing in the low 20s because he can't stay on the court. And it is because he was always chasing blocks. It's because he was chasing steals. And now this year, he's he's toned that down just a little bit enough. And you see his block numbers are still way up. But the fouls are down from what they have been. So, oh, he's got more time. So that right there is what really, like, I think he leads in, like, total stocks by, like, a good a margin behind whoever's behind him. And, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and I definitely don't hate the uh, the Giannis pick from you, Tyler, because like I said before, he's probably the most versatile defender in the NBA. But I think he does take a little bit of a hit because on the night to night, which I appreciate that he's not guarding the best guy night to night because I I'd rather, I'd rather he save his legs for yeah, right. Yeah, our defense is uh, just for, too bad. Too our defense was awful for a majority <laughs> of the year. <laughs> You can't reward him <laughs> for. Yeah, I mean that's fair. Yeah, and if I well, yeah. live, you know, that's... like forty-five minutes away from where he lives, maybe I'd have a different take. <laughs> I didn't have. To, I couldn't take him for MVP because of Jokic, and maybe that has something to do with it. But yeah, I'm sure as fuck wasn't he giving it to Rudy uh, Gobert. Yeah, <laughs> me, me either. I <laughs> watch. We'll see him get tortured by Luca in the first round this 100%, year. So yeah. we'll. We can look forward oh, to seeing that. Rye high pick and run high pick and roll over and over, <laughs> over and, and over. Okay, so here's a, here's and a question over. What can yeah. the Jazz do to make that next step? Because they clearly need to blow it up. And the it up team is done. They they were never in a position to make the next step. They never got a wing. Wings are what. No, they weren't. W- wings like are what wins you in a, a championship. It's, yeah, but here's unless here's you have thing, Steph right? Curry. Like it's it's a shit free agent market, and you really have to depend on like how you draft and like hoping to get lucky. But they've had like they got lucky with Donovan Mitchell, and they haven't done anything. Like the Bucks are a shitty free agent market, and we just want a fucking championship. And in my opinion, we're the favorites to win another one. Like, what would the Jazz have to do in order to make that next step, even if it is still blowing it up? Well, like, gonna if you're the up. Jazz GM, what is your what is your thoughts? If you're Danny Ainge, if, if I, you're you're you have to go to the draft and get a wing. That's that's what it is, and you're not going to do that. Making the playoffs every single year, you're not going to have a draft spot to go have a high enough lottery pick to draft a wing, and that that's that's why this team is done. I mean, they made the Connolly move. You know, they signed Bogdan Bogdanovich. You've seen him. They're the number one seed in the West. Was it last year? Yeah, I mean, no one ever respects them regardless of what And it's like, yeah, I mean, you can't, if your best player is a guard and then a guy that you don't need to worry about on offense. Right. I mean, what do you expect? Yeah. So would you fully blow it up then? Would you trade Mitchell and Rudy Gobert? Would you try and keep one? Yes. I mean, obviously you try to keep Donovan Mitchell, but Donovan Mitchell doesn't want to be there. Right, no, he definitely doesn't want to be there. Have y'all seen do, do you think that... those statistics where, like, fucking uh, Trey Young has more assists to Clint Capella than uh, Donovan Mitchell has passes 
to Rudy Gobert. That is <laughs> yeah. nuts, dude. Joe or uh, uh-huh. uh, Ingles, Ingles, who like hurt himself like four months ago, has more passes to Rudy Gobert off the bench than Donovan Mitchell, their star guy, their highest usage rate guy, does to Rudy Gobert. The whole that is nuts. It's absolutely insane. But again, why would you? So you're not passing the ball to Rudy Gobert unless you're throwing him a lob. You're not throwing it into him to get a post touch. I mean, <laughs> you know, maybe yeah. get him a couple so more. It's like, lobs. <laughs> 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 well, okay. So obviously you trade Gobert. I th- I think that's pretty clear. His time has kind of run his course in Utah. Period. Uh, somewhere go to like Charlotte or something where they need a center, and he can be a lob. Well, he's not going to. Sh- I, I'd he's like not to go going to, to Charlotte. He's going to. Yeah, go to Dallas sure. that or works Atlanta. Just pair up with a team that doesn't have a center and has a heliocentric guard. That's that's a, what what he needs to do. Obviously, Donovan Mitchell does not like Rudy Gobert. So, like, if getting rid of Gobert solves the problem of Donovan Mitchell wanting out, like, obviously you're doing that ten times out of ten. But it, then, if he still wants out, then then you got to figure it out. And the 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 Knicks have been linked to him because they'll overpay for a star at this point to get whoever in town. So like, hopefully for the Jazz's sake, say I'm Danny Ainge, I'm shipping off Gobert to whatever team is the highest bidder because a lot of teams will want the like highest rated advanced stats big man in the league. They can have that. I want guys that are good at basketball. And hopefully I can keep Donovan Mitchell. And then either – I mean, you're not getting a wing back from the Mavs, so hopefully you get a draft pick that can turn into a wing. But then, I mean, if if you're either those teams, do you really want Gobert? That's the other thing. It's like Yeah, you're not, you're that, not yeah, Dallas dollar for Gobert. That's why Absolutely. Atlanta is the team that makes more sense because their defense is atrocious. Right. I mean, you already got Clint Capella, but Gobert's not going to solve everything. He's not going to solve all their problems they have on the perimeter. So, I don't know. Yeah, that's that's what I keep thinking. It's like, who's going to want to trade for Gobert? Because, obviously, he has value, but, like, he's not valued at the contract he has, and he thinks he's way better than he is. He's, like, super irrational. He's like, oh, if I wasn't me, I'd win defense player of the year every year. Like, you do anyway, first of all, so fuck yeah. off with that. <laughs> Second of all, like the only reason you're not winning defense player of the year this year is because you're dog shit in the playoffs. Yeah, because you get cooked by Terrence Mann. Actual defensive yeah, player of the like, year don't get targeted by playoff offenses. Like <laughs> exactly, like they don't. You don't get played off the floor if you're the defense player of the year. Like you gotta be, you got you gotta be about it. Who's dude the from the Clippers that torched them last year in that series? Terrence Mann. Terrence Mann. Terrence Mann. Yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't know his yeah, name so. for Rudy Gobert. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I that that's why that's where like the Jaron Jackson thing comes in for me with defense player of the year because it's like he actually can play defense on perimeter guys when he gets switched onto him. It's not like oh well we got to take Rudy Gobert out because they're running pick and roll every play, and that's pretty pretty embarrassing for your defense player of the year candidate to not be able to play defense in the playoffs. Good thing it's a regular um, season award. That's fair. It's true. That that's, uh, yeah, you're right. So so would you would you vote for Rudy Gobert for Defensive Player of the Year, Joe? 
No, I'm still taking Jaron Jackson Jr. over him. <laughs> yeah. But I'd still take Gobert um, over Marcus Smart. Okay. Yeah, I the community poll was confused me a little bit with that one. I, I wasn't wasn't sure. It was pretty pretty strong consensus too. I was, yeah, I saw it. It was like damn near unanimous <laughs> for a couple of days. I'm like, why? Yeah, bro? I, I was like, wh- I've heard about Ooh. Alex Caruso more than I've heard about Marcus Marcus Smart this year, and he was hurt. Like, yeah. Like okay. I've heard a a little bit of a little bit of jockeying to to get him into the defense player of the year race, but I don't know I don't, I don't know I don't I don't know if he deserves it. Uh, but moving on, rookie of the year. What's uh What are your thoughts on rookie of the year, Joe? Scotty, Scotty Barnes. Scotty. He's played the most minutes. What's up with Scotty. He's on the best team. He's the next Kawhi, OG, and an OB. Big six eight. Massive wingspan, can guard one through five, can play one through five, and he's basically comes down. He's the best player on the best team for best okay. best rookie on the best team. You know, sure, sure. What's up? What's up, Tyler? I like. I feel like Cade Cunningham didn't get any love because the Pistons suck, and I also didn't vote for him. Um, <laughs> <laughs> me either. That's okay. <laughs> um, but I don't know. I don't give it to Barnes. Um, I definitely think it has to be. Um, is it? I, I'm fucking Mobley. Yeah, thank you. Uh, I have to give it to Mobley just because, like, they run their offense through him. Um, and the Cavs, like, you didn't. The Cavs were like, oh my god, LeBron ruined them until, like, this season when that happened. Um, and like, he just, I feel like he, I mean, I haven't looked at the stats at all. I could be wrong, but I feel like he has probably the highest usage rate of like the candidates outside of maybe Cunningham, but like, I don't care about that. Like Cunningham is like BI, like it's just a bad team where he gets to jack up shots. Whereas like Mobley's actually making the smart basketball play a very often like amount of the time. Yeah. I, I think Mobley is the most like polished rookie out of the class so far. I think Cunningham easily has the highest usage rate just because he gets to pound the ball into the deck at every game and make all the decisions for that yeah, team, exactly. which is what they should be doing with him because that's how you develop a point guard. I mean, he had a slump at the beginning of the season. And he worked through it by doing just that. But Mobley, I, he's been good from game one. Barnes has put on a strong push at the end of the year. And with Mobley going down with the ankle injury, it was like I was I'm I love both Barnes and Mobley, so like I I I'll be happy if either wins. But uh, Mobley, I just the the defensive stuff that he does is pretty ridiculous, and he has like nine post moves on top of like being a good passer on top of being able to like effectively be a pick and pop partner because he can shoot. Like I just I I I think Mobley has so many tools and I think Barnes benefits a lot from kind of the the system he's in, but he's also just thriving there. So like I'm not going to be mad if either guy wins the award because I think they're both deserving. Uh I I would just lean Mobley slightly 
Um, but at, I think this ankle injury might might have taken him out of like the actual NBA Rookie of the Year race, and Barnes might might have stolen it. That's that's what did it for me. As I mean, when you lead all rookies in minutes, like uh, yeah, Barnes did, and your your stats are backing it up. I can't take a guy that's you know played less. I'm worried yeah, about rookie fair. of the year and, though. Like if, when it's rookie of the year, like and I get that it's a reward for or an award for this season, like in the regular season. But I always look at it, but like if I was a GM right now, which one of the rookie class would I want? And that's how I look at it as that award. Like, yeah, yeah, and it's that that's where I kind of fall to like Mobley because like that's who I would want if it was a redraft. I feel like Mobley would go one. But Barnes is probably having the better season. And especially during the times when, like, Fred Van Vliet and, like, OG Ananobi were hurt. And Barnes was basically playing point guard as, like, a 6'8 creator. And he was putting together, like, 25, 12, and 8. It was like, oh, okay. Like, this is a real guy that's going to be playing a long time in this league. And so, like, I can definitely see Barnes and... Like, I'm I'm waver. I've I'm to this day like I'm still on the edge of it because we haven't seen Mo- well we saw Mobley play in the last game, but outside of that we haven't seen him play in like a month. So like it's it's really Barnes. It's Barnes is to lose I think at this point going into like actual NBA honors. <sighs> but moving on. To six man of the year. This one was easy. Tyler Hero by far. Yes. Uh, we were struggling to come up with other candidates because yeah. it was so far and away at Tyler Hero. <laughs> Here's my question. Uh, coming up. If yeah. Jordan Poole didn't start so much because of Clay Thompson's injury, where like, how much harder would this have been? It's Tyler. Hero. It depends. <laughs> it's the, yeah, it's I mean. Tyler Hero. If if Jordan Poole is coming off the bench, get twenty a game, and the Warriors were a one seed, and he was like their main creator off the bench, which I don't think would have been the case, then then there's an argument. But I think uh, the hero, the the what he means to the Heat is just makes him far and away, yeah. you, like unanimous. Oh, I'm with you for sure. I'm just saying. Yeah, no, yeah. For the point of discussion for a unanimous decision. <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah no i pool has been phenomenal and he's like one of the best heat check guys in the league so i i mean i'm sure there would have been more of a discussion if pool was actually eligible to be six man of the year i still probably would have but voted given but... yeah, yeah yeah speaking of pool considering that this is a unanimous decision <laughs> there really isn't much to talk about um yeah do you, you think Poole is the guy over Clay now in uh, Gold State? Ooh. No. Poole's, Why not? He's still the sixth man when everyone's healthy. It's like if you were to construct your best roster, you still have Clay starting over Poole? He's going to. <laughs> I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't know where the discussion's at. Clay Thompson's still going to start if- over him. If you're Steve Kerr, is he? Yeah. yeah. What's happened? Well, they're both going to be playing at the end of the game. Kevon yeah. Looney's not playing at the crunch time. So you have Steph, Clay, Poole, Draymond, and then 
Iguodala or Kaminga or whoever you want that fifth guy to be. Andrew Wiggins. Andrew Wiggins. Yeah. Yes, sir. So uh, that's, that's yeah, just I, the new death lineup. I'm, I'm just I'm more saying, who do you think gonna... is the better player at right now? I mean, I would still think it's Clay Thompson. <laughs> you just had, I think, you just I had think 30 Clay's, like Clay's in three back. games. He had, didn't he have 42 last night? Something like that. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I think I think Clay's working back into form. Yeah, for sure. And Clay, Clay at like, even at like ninety percent is better than Jordan Poole is right now. So I I'll go I'll take Clay and bet on the upside that he'll get back to doing Clay things. I mean, I did literally the same thing in my fantasy league for sure, but uh, I feel like that's <laughs> incredibly like, and which sucks. But like Jordan Poole's had himself a hell of a year. Yeah. And it just like doesn't yeah. seem to mean as much as it should because Clay Thompson is Clay Thompson, right? I mean that's not any fault yeah. of anyone. Like it's Clay Thompson, like he's one of the best shooters ever. Period. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, it' good on the Warriors. I feel like they just nail every draft pick. Dude, their their <laughs> scouting department has to just be next level. Like for the last like yeah. ten years, they've just had nothing but solid young guys. <laughs> Well, they it's hired a still GM. Still took Wiseman over Lamelo. So, that's, I mean, that's fair, that's but they didn't need a point guard either. I mean, did they need the center? They. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's fair. That's fair. They they could use Lamelo hey, more than that. Teams <laughs> have done worse. Okay. <laughs> that's that's true. And if I were hiring a GM, I'd be picking off of the Warriors front office group. That's for sure. Um, most approved player. This one, Jordan Poole. I feel like had. I feel like this actually had the most candidates because there's a ton of guys that took a jump this year, a ton of young guys. And I mean, Jordan Poole is one of them. And obviously that's, that's your vote, Joe. Uh, and I, there, there's guys that, that make the jump due to increased opportunity like Poole. And then there's guys that take the jump because of increased workload. I mean, there's like so many things to take into consideration with most approved player. And or I, there's also what, the guy what, what you got? who's improved just from just raw improvement. Like they're already the guy in DeJounte right. Murray. But. Make the case. Uh, DeJounte Murray, uh, in the same way that we awarded Nikola Jokic the MVP because he's playing with a bunch of scrubs, like – the only reason I know who the Spurs are is because DeJounte Murray, obviously Greg Popovich, and Jakob Poitel, and I only know about Jakob Poitel because he's on my fantasy team. Like the, the normal NBA mainstream media has no fucking idea who plays for the Spurs right now. And somehow DeJounte Murray has, like, I don't know what his season averages are, but it's probably right around like 22, 10, and 9 with like 2.5 steals. He led the league in steals. Yeah. Yeah, I know he led the league in steals yeah. for sure. And I know he's also second in triple doubles. Yeah, I'm fairly certain he is. He's up like one and a half seals a game over last year. He's up like three to five points, and he's up like four or five assists. And he was. He just has the most primary usage. Like you look at all the other most improved players, and they're second, third, fourth option, as opposed to Dejounte Murray is the offense, and he improved that. Much, yeah, which is why I gave the nod to him. Yeah, and so season averages, 21 points, 8.3 rebounds, 9.2 assists. So 
basically like damn near averaging a triple double. It's it's close. <laughs> it's like one and a half rebounds and point seven assists away from doing doing something that we've only seen twice in history. So it's a very very impressive year. Uh, again, a big jump in usage for Dejounte, and it's because he's on an awful team. And the only time you ever see Spurs on highlights is when Jaws putting Jakob Pertl on a poster. Right. It's like <laughs> <laughs> it's like once a night you see Jakob on the top, the the NBA top ten, and it's not for a good reason. Uh, and the only other guy you ever see is Dejounte. So. I mean, Lonnie Walker, you'll see every once every in a while. Once in a down, while. But you'll see <laughs> every Lonnie once Walker, but it's few and far in between. Yeah. Like, I couldn't, I don't think I could name like eight guys on that roster. So, uh, yeah. I, I, I chose Darius Garland. I think Garland with, uh, this, this Cavs team has kind of grown into a, a true point guard and someone that you can trust with the ball in the last like two minutes of a game. And that's, kind of a, a rare area to be to be the facilitator of a team that has playoff aspirations that can slow down and control possessions and this kind of goes hand in hand with mo- <laughs> every time <laughs> oh the cat no, it's okay. Uh, it goes hand in hand with with Mobley and kind of the overall improvement of the Cavs team, and so hopefully they can make it out as the the eighth seed of the play-in because they're likely going to get beat by Brooklyn, as Joe alluded to before. Um, but then they'll have another chance to play either Atlanta or Charlotte, and then hopefully we can see Darius Garland kind of control some basketball games. Even if they lose and they were out of the playoffs for this year, like they lost twice in a row, that team is still so young with so much potential yeah. that it would be okay. Like they and they already have like veteran leadership leading like their key roles in the right direction as well. Um, like I, I think that Cavs team is okay. Yeah, absolutely. And Darius Garland also has taken a massive step up statistically when it comes to his assist numbers and his shooting percentages. His three-point shot is much better than it ever has been, and he's a top 10 in the league in assists per game. And for a while, he was first, um, and he was, when he was in a stretch where he had, like, I think over 12 assists per game in, like, eight straight games. Uh, so, yeah, big ups. Big ups for Darius Garland, but definitely a, a good argument for a lot of different guys. Uh, DeJounte Murray won our community poll very narrowly over over Darius Garland. Not a lot of love for, for Jordan Poole, Joe. I like Poole. Man, yeah. because last year, no one even would have known he was in the league unless he knew basketball. <laughs> That's correct. DeJounte <laughs> and Murray is an all-star this year, though. <laughs> okay. So, yeah. I mean, so is Darius Garland. Yeah, but that's fair. how many other guys that one most improved just randomly became all stars? Yeah, Jordan Poole's name definitely popped up on the map this year. And that, that was an in ascension that was kind of unprecedented that you, you don't really see very often, where it's just like a guy 
that it was probably split in time in the G League on a two-way contract right. last year. Yeah. Now probably came up out of nowhere and is getting like 30 points per game and making like key decisions in closing moments of late-season basketball games. I think most improved so, as a whole I, is like such a huge it's a great sign for the league. Like there, we, we've talked about three guys. There's so many other players who have had such monument, like there's monumental jumps this year. Like, I mean, yeah, we haven't even mentioned Desmond, right, Desmond Bain. Bain. He's been like, a, uh, another Miles guy. Bridges, where... Like miles Bridges made huge jumps this year. Like, yep. as the league is like where they're, your old faces of the league are clearly aging. Like to have people who are making these jumps and granted, for the most part, these guys aren't the next guy, but it's still, like, it's good to see, you know? Yeah, yeah. I agree, and it's it was pretty pretty loaded this year, and a lot of guys did make a huge jump. It's deep, but deep we league. can, uh, what's up? Deep, deep league, league, absolutely. A lot of guys. Uh, but moving on to our last award, our coach of the year. We, in our community poll, Taylor Jenkins won it. Uh, what do you got, Joe? I was kind of between Jenkins and Monty. Um, I mean, coach of the year is kind of different because it's not necessarily the best coach. I would take multiple coaches over these guys. I'd take Ty Lue. I think Ty Lue is one of the best coaches in the league. Ty Lue's I think, phenomenal. I think Absolutely. Nick Nurse is the best coach in the league. Um so you always got to look at it. It's it's coach of the year, so of the year. And, I mean, the Suns are – did they get to 65 wins yesterday? I mean, they're at 64. 64. I mean, that's so far ahead of everybody else in the league. And, I mean, you're coming off what they did last year, and it looks like they got even better and are the West favorites to go to the finals again and probably – I mean, between them and the Bucks, I mean, you're looking at the favorites to win it all. And, you know, Monte, he was, I thought he should have won it last year. And uh, I think he deserves it this year. I think the knock that you have on Monte is, like, how much of it, like, I'm sure a lot of it is his system. But at the same time, Chris Paul effect is clearly there. Like, it's not just his IQ that's shaping that mm-hmm. team. It's very much Chris Paul as well. Like you see it in Devin Booker's growth as a Devin Booker was a scorer before Chris Paul got there. You know, like now Devin Booker is the offense. Like, and I mean, I gave the nod to Jenkins. I mean, Jenkins, you have like three people on the most improved player. Like, if you want to talk about defense, you know, uh, like including, uh, and like I just how much what they've done without Ja. And, and for the sake of, like, that award for it being this season, what crazy of a season have you had? Like, I would give it to uh, Jenkins. But, uh, and I, like, don't get me wrong, like, I remember when we were playing the Suns in the finals last year and watching the differences between Monty Williams and Coach Bud, I was like, one is a really good coach, and the other one we were trying to fire two weeks for, like, two weeks ago. <laughs> like, it, it, Monty Williams is a phenomenal coach. Joe is absolutely right in saying that Nick Nurse and Ty Lue are, like, probably... And, I mean, like, you can give it to Greg Popovich as well, but, I honestly, Greg Popovich's system might be getting slightly outdated in today's league. Um, but he's just been doing it so long, you still have kind of have to give him the nod. 
But correct, like if you were looking for two of the guys, it would be Ty Lue and Nick Nurse, absolutely. I also think Udoka needs a little bit of a little bit of love for how he turned around this yeah. Boston season. He was my third guy. Because uh, he, I, I mean, the the entire kind of culture and attitude of this team shifted with the the coaching change. Because Brad Stevens, had, as good of a like X's and O's coach as he was, it didn't seem like he had the guys like actually mentally and physically like engaged as much as they needed to be. And it seems like their whole kind of demeanor has shifted under Udoka. And so, like, I think he deserves a mention. Um, but Monty, Monty, I think, should have won it last year. And he'll probably win it this year as kind of like reparations based on not winning it last year. And, I mean, he, they finished with 11 games better than any other team in the NBA. So, like, I'm not going to sit here and say, like, Monty shouldn't get it or whatever. Like, th- they're great. No, yeah, uh, a great coach. but yeah, and both of you guys outlined that. I so I picked Chris Finch as as my coach of the year. I think the Timberwolves uh, kind of went through a, a lot of weird stuff these last couple of years, and they're overachieving. I'd say based on the the guys outside of like Cat and Anthony Edwards on that team. And D'Lo, I guess, who's <laughs> wildly inconsistent. I watched watch too, too many T-Wolves games. So I'm not proud Dude, of it. Dude, Cat uh, looks like but, he wants to play basketball. For the, like, he wants to win for the first time in his career. Exactly. And I think that's that's kind of due to Chris Finch overhauling their entire system. I give, that because a, I give a lot of credit Carlin, to Bev for that. But yeah. yeah, I mean, he's he's been definitely an influence on the culture there. and I But... Since since Finch has taken over, he's reshaped their entire offense to be centered around Carl Anthony Towns and kind of change his role in the offense. And I think that's paid dividends. And you, you see it with them ha- having an opportunity to be in the playoffs, which hasn't happened, I don't think, since 2000, KG was on the 2006. team. Yeah. Maybe. So they're, they're a seven seed. They have a chance to play into the playoffs. And. I think Finch deserves a lot of credit for what he's done with this team. The people who are in the play-in. Well, <laughs> you know, they're just good <laughs> enough to compete. Let me give it to Ty Lue then. <laughs> What'd you say? <laughs> I said, let me give it to Ty Lue then. I'm right, that's what I'm saying. Go ahead. For what they did without Ty Lue without... has his players actively trying to fight him sometimes, like <laughs> Dude, without Kawhi and Paul George for a large majority of the year, they're still sitting in eighth. With Reggie Jackson, absolutely. And Nick, that's yeah, if you're gonna give it to Finch before Ty Lue, you are tripping. If that's the the standard we're getting hey, to, hey. <laughs> I think that the the Timberwolves were a dumpster fire franchise. Yeah, but they're uh, not with out of the awful fire coaching. Yet. I mean, on the they're the dumpster, they're a, dude. they're the, like the, they're, they're in the play-in tournament. They're not a good team yet. Is all I'm saying. Oh, they're a, a seven seed, the, two games behind. They made the playoffs with There's, Jimmy Butler. They're a four seed. Oh yeah, Whatever. with the with the Whatever Timberwolves. Year that was. Yeah. 2017, 2018. Yeah. They're they're two games behind Denver. I mean, it's not like they're the fucking Spurs with 34 wins. Like they're barely out of the playoffs and I I think that that Finch deserves credit for that. Right. I mean, that's your opinion. <laughs> that's what's up. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Hey, while we're on coaches before we move on, because uh, I know 
Obviously, all of us watch Bucks games, and all of us remember Derek Fisher. What do y'all think of Derek Fisher as the mascot? What? Not, I'm not Jason Kidd. Kidd. Jason, thank you. Yes, I told you I'd been drinking. <laughs> Fuck off. I was like, where is Derek Fisher and Jason Kidd are very different people. I don't know why I went to Derek Derek Fisher was a coach. He was a coach, yes. He is not a coach now. He was a bad coach. Him and Matt Barnes. (laughs) Jason Kidd. Uh, Jason Kidd. (laughs) How do y'all feel about Jason Kidd? I I don't think that this was the Jason Kidd we got when he was in Milwaukee. No. Clearly not. Yeah, he's like got him got, playing defense. Like he's got, got Luca trying on defense. Like we're just figuring it out. Yeah. 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 Coach I I think uh what happened with Jason Kidd, I know, I know this this might go over your head, but it's kinda like uh what was promised with Mike McCarthy, where Mike McCarthy was with uh Green Bay running an outdated system. That worked for the first couple of years and then stopped working. So he got fired, took a year off, went to Dallas and started succeeding because he learned analytics. Uh, but Mike McCarthy didn't actually learn analytics. He just said he did so he could get another job. <laughs> but Jason Kidd seems like he did actually learn analytics and it seems like it's working out great in Dallas. Uh, so shout out to Jason Kidd and Luca. And I think Luca drives that system regardless, but. Seems like the role players are doing really well there, so helped. that has like, to have something to do with He must have yeah. helped somehow. Like, Luca's slimmed down. Luca's not as injury-prone. Like, Dorian Finney-Smith. Got a looking... strained calf right now, but... Hey, he was <laughs> less hurt than he was before. It's improvement nonetheless. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> Just saying. <laughs> <laughs> All I'm saying is, they made, they traded... Chris Apps Porzingis for Dorian Finney-Smith, and then right now it looks like they won that trade. Like, Dorian Finney-Smith has played great for them. Dorian Finney-Smith. Spencer Dinwiddie. Yep, Spencer Dinwiddie. You know what I mean. They're both and And Davis Bertans. <laughs> Dorian Finney-Smith. <laughs> Dorian Finney-Smith has been a Mav his entire career. That's fair. He got extended. Yeah. <laughs> got a pretty good extension. He's a very important He's player for him. Yeah, he's been playing great. I was he's say. their best defender, and uh, he's been yep. able to... It's a corner three when yep. you need it. And he's been taking guys off the dribble a little more. <laughs> Damn, I sound stupid. Tyler's got a name dyslexia. I do, bro. <laughs> this, this is rough. It's because like, they're uh, just like no-name people. All right, let's uh, let's let's move in move into these playing games because that is what is going to be happening uh, later today once this podcast comes out, and that is uh, maybe what you're tuning in for. I don't know, maybe you like the awards talk because that's that's the stuff that I'm I'm kind of I'm into. I like that. I, I like this is good convo. I like listening listen to what you guys think about Chris. I really Finch. fucking said Derek Fisher, bro. You said Derek <laughs> Fisher. You said. That was worse than the Mavs one. I already forgot both of those players. Tra- but <laughs> well, you said that they traded Kristaps for somebody that's already on their yeah, team. Yeah, I mean they so. might have. <laughs> anyway, uh, start start in the Western Conference with our uh, primetime Pelicans Spurs, uh, the nine seed Pelicans, led by CJ McCollum, and San Antonio Spurs, led by a most improved player, voted by the community, Dejounte Murray. Are you excited about this about this playing game, Joe? No. <laughs> no, I'm not. At least you're honest, man, because I don't give a shit either. Pelicans better win. 
because I'd way rather... Well, they both better lose in the long run because I... <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't want Timberwolves, Timberwolves better make the playoffs because they're like 10 games above the Clippers between 7 and 8. And then the Clippers better make the playoffs because I, no one wants to watch the Pelicans get swept or the Spurs get swept against the Suns. So yeah, they want to see the Clippers get swept. No, the Clippers don't get swept. Ty Lue will do Clippers something. Got too much heart. Ty Lue will yeah. win them a game. <laughs> Kawhi could come I'll back. Ty Lue too. Kawhi will win him too. Ka- Kawhi's playing three on three. <laughs> so is James Wiseman. <laughs> ben Simmons isn't. He's doing. No, no, he's, <laughs> he's not. Playing one on none drills. Because <laughs> he's looking great. So who do you have coming out of that series? All right, well. What's that? Who do you have coming out of that series, though? Do you have the Pelicans coming out of that series? Just like if you if you're talking about who's actually going to win that series. Pe- the, you, you talking about this playing game? The Pelicans yeah. are going to beat the Spurs. Yeah, just the playing game. Yeah, they they have the Pelicans. They, all they got to do is win one game, and then between Minnesota and Clippers, who you got? You got the Clippers. It sounds like. <laughs> no. No, I'll, no. No, I'll take Minnesota at home. Okay, so so Minnesota locking in the seventh seed to play against Memphis, and then the Spurs will be getting knocked out. The Pelicans will be playing the Clippers in the second play-in game, and they will be playing for the right to play against Phoenix. Uh, and now it sounds like you'll be taking the Clippers in that one. Yes. Yeah, Clippers over Pelicans. I'd hope so. Just yeah, because if Tyler I, can, I want I want the Timberwolves to play the Grizzlies. That's, yeah, that's what I want. And so all then, right, I, I respect yeah, Clipper, that. What you Clippers got, Tyler? Uh, you, the, between the same take. Pelicans versus same, yeah, the, the, same the scenario. The Spurs are out. They just don't. They don't <laughs> have the, like the talent. And Pop retires. Correct. He's yeah. done. He should retire. He has the record. What else is he playing for, man? He's like, had enough. Correct. Yeah. I mean, man's like eighty yeah. something. Have Manu come in and coach. That'd be cold. <laughs> Anytime there's a bat that needs to be dealt with. <laughs> All right. We'll move on to the Eastern Conference. The uh, 9-10 playing game is between the Atlanta Hawks and the Charlotte Hornets. Joe, who you got? Uh, first team to get to 150. <laughs> <laughs> no, it, it, it's going to be the Hawks. Uh, Gordon Hayward out, not playing. Their record with and without Gordon Hayward is astronomically diff- or different um, because he is their second like facilitator of their offense. Terry Rozier is a get-yours type of guy. Kelly Oubre, same thing. Um, so uh, LaMelo is required to do all the distributing, get everybody involved, and run the entire offense. And granted, he could probably play a full 48 minutes. Um, I think the Hawks and Trey Young, give me Trey Young in one game to, to win it. So, What's your name, Tyler? I have the same opinion. I think Trey Young's yeah. a more yeah. polished think, player than really anyone on the Hornets at this point. Yeah, I think, I mean, also the Hawks have the experience of going to the Eastern Conference Finals last year, which matters sure. in this kind of. Uh, play the playoff experience where it's yeah. just yeah, but pretty much it's winner go home for for them. So. Granted, Hawks the Hawks no John Collins, so that is a problem. If yeah. they've you know um, 
Hornets can go PJ Washington at center and then run the whole time. And then your options are, are you keeping Clint Capella in to run up and down the court? Are you putting Daniil Gallinari in to try and run up and down the court at center? Um, so, yeah. so that's the biggest issue that the Hawks have right now. I, know you, that, I guess that's what makes them a nine seed. <laughs> uh, but in our other playing game, hopefully a, a little, uh, hopefully a little, little preview of some some cool stuff to come because we got Brooklyn playing the Cavs. Who do you who you got here, Joe? Brooklyn. I mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the Cavs. No Allen. It's it was already announced he will not be playing. So. I mean, Mobley is going to be limited. Katie so. and Kyrie are going to get you close to 70 together. Yeah. Or more. Yeah. Or more. <laughs> or more. Yeah. They could and break 100 between the two 80s. of them. <laughs> I mean, don't get me wrong. I have that right. too, but. <laughs> yeah. So uh, that, that would put Brooklyn up against Boston as the seven seed in the two seven game. That would put Cleveland up against the Hawks yeah. in the next play-in game to the rights to play Miami. So, Joe, who you got between Atlanta and Cleveland? I uh, I still got? like Atlanta. I It comes down to best player in the game. That's Trey Young and what he can do single-handedly, uh, just dismantle an entire defense, especially when you don't have Jared Allen around the rim. Uh, rocking the two twin towers, they're gonna run high pick and roll, and pull in Laurie Markkinen and <laughs> Kevin Love, both of them. You know, it, it's it's gonna be Trey Young all day, and he'll dice him up. And He's it'll be the Hawks. The it'll be the Hawks versus the Heat, which could be interesting because the Hawks can score, and Heat can't score in the half court. So that'll be very contradictory styles of play for a first round matchup at the one eight. So do you think, you think the Hawks uh, got the Cavs in the next playing game, Tyler? Yeah, hundred percent for, for like literally the same reason Joe mentioned. Yeah. I don't know. I, I like this Cavs team. I just, it's just not there. It's not there. It's such a big difference. Yeah. Like they have like, it's, it makes, if you were the Cavs organization, just fucking rest the young guys, man. Don't risk further injury. Like, just wait till next year, man. They're all so young. You still have a whole draft. Like, see, I disagree with that. You're not, you're not <laughs> resting them in the when you're yeah. making the playoffs. Well, you're still no, gonna try to make the playoffs, like, but if somebody needs to play 48, are you really gonna play in 48? You know what I mean? Yeah. Coming, coming off <laughs> yeah. of injury. Yes, I am. you're trying to make the yeah. playoffs. Yeah. Yes. I mean, I'm not gonna put like. Jared Allen into play 48, I feel like but that I mean, front Evan is just like they have the luxury of time. They no, they don't. They've they've been nothing without LeBron there for the last 25 years. Yeah, but they weren't expected to be shit this year either. And yeah, now but, they're a team that people sometimes talk about. That's a huge improvement. Yeah, so why would you not want people to keep trying to talk about you by trying to get uh, the eighth seed next season with your healthy young core? <laughs> <laughs> I they got a whole off season to rest up. They're young. They'll be able to fucking rest all, all next four months. They can. It's not like they're gonna beat Miami. I mean, even like, like okay, it, so even if these people play, I still just think the playoff experience like is the difference. 
I I agree. First of all, I I don't think the Cavs will win. I I think if they had Jared Allen, I feel like there's a pretty equal shot. I think they're, I'd give them even odds, but I I think the Hawks with Trey Young being that guy and being made for the playoffs, like you said, is the difference here. And I, Cleveland's just too banged up. But yeah, like you said, Joe, we'll we'll move into that. We got Miami, Atlanta as a 1-8 matchup and it is an interesting matchup because there's not a lot of scoring on the Miami team but obviously they're 53 and 29 anyway number one seed in the east uh so where where does that lead you I I think Atlanta has a chance I mean Trey if Trey Young catches fire and he goes nuclear and he's walking into 32 footers and just splashing them from the logo there's nothing you can do about that. No matter how much you want uh, that PJ Tucker breathing on him, sweating on him, or Jimmy Butler, all these guys, yeah, you can throw them at Trey. Trey can still shake him off and make something happen. And it, uh, granted, Spolstra's a much better coach, and he'll make the adjustments necessary to try to contain Trey and make someone else beat him. Uh, I still think that the Hawks have a better chance than any of these other teams. Like. Unless, of course, Brooklyn were to end up at the eight, but that's very unlikely. Yeah. So, would you? You'd still take yeah. the Heat, like if you if you're a betting yeah, man. Yeah, but I I wouldn't call it a sweep. Yeah. <laughs> now Milwaukee, Chicago, you can, yeah, you can bring up the proofs right sweet. away because the Bulls are dog water. Dog water. That is a bad basketball team. I would take the Heat and Six for this series. I was going to say the same thing. Heat and Six. I think uh, Atlanta makes them sweat a little yeah, bit. They'll, takes... take a, they'll, take, they'll probably take one on the road. They'll probably take one at home, and then that'll be it. Yeah. Or like win game one, and then, you know, all Heat culture will get up in arms. And then, yeah, it'll be an yeah. interesting series. Heat will take back game two. Six, yeah. 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 All right, here's a, here's a really interesting series. Or we got we got Philly Toronto. This one I I feel like Toronto could just win Easy, this straight up. Like they they were 1 and 3. Or well Toronto was 3 and 1 against Philly on the year. And the most interesting wrinkle is the, the whole Tybal thing because he's not vaccinated so he can't play in Toronto. Yeah. And and that's their best defensive win trust. All of Toronto's starters over everyone except for Joel Embiid. Yeah, the entire Sixers team at this point is a que- is like an asterisk or a question, not an asterisk, a question mark. What version of yeah. you am I going to get? Am I going to get the Doc Rivers that is a decent coach, or am I going to get the Doc Rivers that's blown more 3-1 leads than anyone ever? Am I going to get Harden when he's trying to get traded, or am I going to get Harden right after he gets traded? And it's right now. It's looking to me like you're going to get Harden when he's looking to get traded. Um, yeah, he's been he's bad. He's been really, really bad. <laughs> well, I shouldn't say really, really. Like he still can obviously score, but like for for him to be as big of a name as he he's been bad. Um, you, yeah, I, you're looking at go ahead, Joe. you're looking at a team with a bunch of six eight and up athletic wings versus a team. George Niang and Furkan Korkmaz and Tyrese people Maxine. like that that are not <laughs> yeah. very athletic and 
Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, Shake yeah. Milton. I don't see Shake Milton doing this much <laughs> out there. So, so are you taking and then, the I'll take Toronto. <laughs> and then they'll be seven. playing Danny Green 30 minutes. <laughs> oh, God. This is never a good sign. Just for him to brick up a couple times. Toronto and six. Give me Toronto and six. Yeah. I, I won't even make it to a game seven. Probably not. James, and then, James Harden's averaging like 14, yeah, I think 4, and 6. Well. Like eventually, like you know damn well, that, that team just gives up. You know, Like the second momentum yeah. isn't going in the right. Doc Rivers is going to the Lakers next year. You, yeah, God, I don't know. You already heard it. I don't think Vogel was a good coach either, but neither is Doc Rivers. So I think cool. Vogel was um, – Vogel won them a championship based on defense. They took every single player off that team that could play defense and told them to try to – We'll, Try to make it work. We'll get into the and then they gave we'll get into Russell the Lakers. Westbrook. We'll we'll get into the Lakers after we're done with the playoff That's a teams. Whole segment, all so. the teams, all the teams that matter. Yeah, hundred percent because they sure as fuck don't. <laughs> uh, Milwaukee, Chicago. I got to sweep. Yeah, hundred percent. Like the Bulls suck. Uh, Boston, Brooklyn. Wait, wait. wait before, this is before the most. On, the, the problem with the Bulls okay. is. They and suck. Like I've been saying it all they year. Well, yes, they suck. <laughs> like, like I've been saying all year, they're not a legitimate contender. And the thing about the Bulls is they're the team that overachieves this year. There's been a team every year yep. that overachieves. The Bulls the are Knicks. the overachieving <laughs> team. But the problem is, the, the problem with the Bulls is, they're not overachieving in the playoffs. They're overachieving in the regular season. <laughs> they yeah. overachieved for about 30 games. Right. Yeah, right. I mean, that... You gotta attribute some of that to the loss of Lonzo. Yeah, because they they don't have a point guard anymore. I he's well, I mean he's missed like forty games. Yeah, they they're starting Io Desunmu now at point guard, and that's just like not good for a team that that wants to be a contender. So like, I I think that that's not. As big of a deal, like not not reported I mean, yeah, as big of a deal as it should be, because Lon- can't shoot a fucking pick and pop like eighty percent of the time. But- yeah. <laughs> or defend anybody. There, it's, it's or defend anyone. right. Yeah, a hundred percent. Yeah, watching Bulls games is watching Demar Derozan trying to save every single possession with mid range pull ups. Yeah. yeah, doing it. <laughs> I mean, it it's true. It's, they'd be going in. <laughs> Yeah, so I think that – and Milwaukee swept them this year. They swept them last year. It's It's been a mismatch for a while, so I, I don't see this. No, who guards Giannis on that series? Team? No one. Trist, Tristan Thompson tries to. That's <laughs> <laughs> Patrick Williams. but Okay, he'll yeah. get cooked too. Pat Williams. Yeah, they'll all get cooked. Yeah. Giannis playing uh, – and Buttle only playing for 32 minutes a game. Yeah. Oh, they, have get to, to do. they get to rest that series. <laughs> That's bro. all I have to. They get yeah. to rest that series. We'll see some Thanasis that series. A hundred percent. And I honestly think that I I wholeheartedly believe that a vast majority of the games go into the fourth quarter with the starters resting because they're up by like twenty so. This is you're, you're talking like, like Mamu Kellis Mamu Kellis in the regular yeah. season when the Bulls are trying and they're really not. Like playoffs, yeah. Bucks basketball is going to absolutely fucking annihilate this Bulls team. Yeah. Yep. All right. So the most interesting first round series, in my opinion, we got Boston, Brooklyn. 
Uh, ben Simmons apparently may be back for this game. I doubt I don't it. Care if he's back. <laughs> but uh, you know, just come I, back from. I mean, I, I do. I do give a shit. I I think that he'll he's better than pretty much any other forward. Yeah, that for they the have. sixteen to eighteen minutes a game, they're gonna play him to start him off. Like, I mean, so sure, he's coming off I mean, like a year I, and a half I, of not playing professional basketball, and then he has to go into pl- the playoff environment. Like, if you're smart at all, and granted, Steve Nash has been kind of a dipshit, like, as a coach since he's coached yeah. the Nets. So maybe he fucking plays him. I don't know. But the smart coach is like, okay. Look at what the Warriors did with Clay, because frankly, Ben Simmons has missed a more close time than you'd like to admit in comparison to Clay. Yeah. That dude plays 14 to 16 minutes for the first series of playoff basketball if he's going to play, if you're a smart coach and you care about your future. I don't know that Nash is that guy, and maybe he plays him 30 minutes. And if, he, if Ben Simmons can get through 30 minutes and not hurt himself, sure, fuck it, great, good for you. But I don't know. You know what I mean? Like, if you're being conservative at all, like you probably should be with this person, you play that kid 14 to 16 minutes, like 100%. Yeah. He's not playing. <laughs> I, I don't he think he's going to play either. I think I think they they leak that out there. So yeah, they generate I mean, some hype or something. kind of think about it, but I, it, it, they shared some videos of him shooting jumpers. Oh, my God. We're back to I, workout Ben Simmons videos hyping people up. God... <laughs> How, if you um, yeah. if you've fallen for if you think Ben Simmons can shoot now, you're wrong. <laughs> Ask any person who's lived anywhere near or cared about Philadelphia since he's been in the league. So yeah, I think I think Boston takes this series. I think KD is going to average like forty. Yeah, KD will average forty, and Kyrie will average thirty-five, and it won't matter. They'll still lose. Yep, because they still got to put another thirty. 40 points together yeah and what bruce brown yeah no we're <laughs> andre drummond seth curry on a bad ankle yeah I, I mean he's out for the playing game i'm pretty sure uh but yeah this is i think i i mean boston in seven i think like the nets are gonna make it interesting i think they're gonna steal a couple games that they're not supposed to i mean you catch tatum on a bad night and I'll go it's, Boston in six. It's not like seven. It's, yeah. Yeah. Right. That's understandable. I mean, like, they're, they're yeah. just losing the teams when KD and Kyrie are dropping, like, 75, 80. That they have, like, no. Yeah. Like, and these aren't defensive minded teams. They're, or, they, or, sorry, like, they are defensive minded teams that they're, like, getting outscored by. Like, you have the Celtics, yeah. and it's just, like, I don't think that they can do it. Like, I just. Like,. Steve Nash is not a good NBA coach, and the only people worth a damn on your team are KD and Kyrie that are actually playing. And, like, two people does not make a team. Sounds a lot like uh, Philly. I mean, yeah, for sure. <laughs> hey, hey, who's a better coach? Doc Rivers or Steve Nash? I think it's Doc Rivers. <laughs> I, I, I don't. I don't know. Doc Rivers refuses to make an adjustment, so he'll just yeah. continue playing his guys, same guys over and over and over, no matter what. Hey, do you know what I like about Doc Rivers though? He's like, yeah, James Harden's been pretty shitty lately. <laughs> like, no fucks given. He's been like, yeah, James Harden kind of sucked this game, and I love that. 
<laughs> I so Robert Williams is obviously the uh, defensive anchor piece for the Celtics. And there's reports that he might be back also for the first round. Um, if he is, I think this is an even shorter series because it's going to be a lot tougher on Kyrie to score if he can't get to the basket because Time Lord's there. Um, but, yeah, I, I don't know. We'll, we'll see. I, it's, I think it's going to be closer uh, than I'd like it to be because I really don't like this Nets team. But I also don't really like the – Celtics very much. I hate the Celtics. Yeah, yeah. fuck the Celtics. I'm <laughs> 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 green uh, bastards. <laughs> All right. Moving on to the Western Conference. Uh, Phoenix would be playing uh, the Clippers in this scenario. Uh, I got Phoenix in four. Yeah. Uh, they, Phoenix in they, five, but yeah, it's not going to be a series. So. I don't think they lose a game until the conference finals. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, then we got Dallas, Utah. Dallas. I think Dallas. Yeah, I'll take Dallas. And I mean, I was you said anyone and Utah, and I would have picked anyone, but <laughs> the field, the field versus Utah. <laughs> yeah, and I'm picking the field. Uh, but I, I, don't, I, I like Dallas this year. I don't think they're ready to do it yet. Yeah, me but, too. Uh, they've made strides, absolutely. Like uh, getting rid of Kristaps. Like Kristaps, I'm glad he's playing better in Washington now, but he was not the guy for the Mavs. Yeah, uh, the only thing we got to worry about is that Luca was spotted in a boot grimacing as he walked out of the hospital today because he strained his calf. I give him a week. So he'll be fine with this. He'll be fine. Yeah, he's too young to yeah, like, yeah. really let that shit bother him for an extended period of time yet. And right. I think it'll be less and less uh, if he can keep this weight off going into further seasons. And it's not going to matter when you have Mike Conley trying to guard you, yeah, or Royce, Rudy Gobert, Royce Neal. It's it, literally on. it's it, yeah. Right. Yeah. Luca he'll, will. He'll get Conley he, on the switch, post him up, or he'll get Gobert on the switch and hit a step back three. Yeah. Luca oh, ate the Clippers, which had the two best wing defenders, or supposedly yeah. for like two yeah. postseasons. That like you have the Jazz. Come on. Is this going to be his first postseason not playing against Kawhi and Paul George? Yes. yes. That'll be he nice. Might, he'll he'll, he'll probably get his Luka. first. <laughs> he'll get his first, first playoff series, series win. win for sure. Yeah, yeah absolutely. <laughs> And to be honest with you, he's Sick. probably going to average, I don't know, 37, <laughs> 10, and 10. Like, should you say 47? I, I wouldn't. You could say, you could say, I said 40, he said 37. <laughs> I was being conservative. I, I, 37. No. Yeah, if, if you showed me any stat line. Like, if you were from the future, you came back and you're like, yeah, Luca averaged this. I wouldn't be no, surprised. No, no. You can't tell me anything. You can't tell me anything. He's like, yeah, he had a 50-point triple-double every game this series, and their team lost. And I'd be like, makes sense. All yeah. right. Okay, yeah. <laughs> All right, next up, we got Golden State, Denver. Another kind of interesting series. Uh, got Jokic, who's likely going to be the MVP, versus Golden State, who's a team in flux. Uh, if they get right, obviously this shouldn't be a close series at all. 
Uh, but with given the struggles that they've had lately and Steph isn't right and Steve Kerr said he might not play the first one or two games of the series, what do you guys think? Let's say Steph doesn't play the first two games, Warriors and six. I'd say give him five. Even if Steph doesn't play the first two games? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think I think the Warriors can win with a, I think you can give Jokic 40 20 and 15. Yeah, and that team's still and, good enough to win. Yeah. I mean yeah. the thing is like I don't think they're good enough to win at all with Michael Porter Jr. and Jamal Murray back either, but Yeah, they need a second like a they real need a second true guy. second option 100%. Yeah. And then those two guys can fight over the third option and then you have a, a championship caliber team. Right. All right, so Golden State, moving on, uh, and then we got Memphis and the Grizz, or Memphis sorry, Memphis and the, and the Timberwolves. <laughs> Memphis and the Grizzlies, yeah. Memphis and the Timberwolves, and I got Memphis in uh, five, six, five, five. I don't know. Memphis five. in four. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> the Grizzlies are that oh, team boy, that, Chris or, sorry, uh, the Wolves are that team that plays really hard in the regular season and then the second they get to the playoffs. So like holy fuck, none of us have ever actually done this before. <laughs> this is I mean, hard. To be fair, neither of the Grizzlies, but the Grizzlies are a little bit grittier than uh, the Wolves. The Grizzlies went into Oracle they... last year and Ja dropped forty. Yeah, Ja's a killer. A murderer. So in a play in. Yeah. Or was that? Yeah, that was in the plan. Shit on their dreams. And they got swept. That's right. Yep. Or no. Well, that they took uh, one from the Jazz. They took, I think. One. they took one from the Jazz. Yeah, because Ja was hitting every yeah, single floater because Rudy I mean, Gobert like, didn't know how to defend that it. Last year, for the, or like last postseason for the Grizzlies, it was literally can Ja drop 70? Like almost, like for them to win. Yeah. Whereas this I'm year they've proven that they can excited win without Ja. ja. So, like, having Ja in the yep. playoff atmosphere is so huge for them. Yep. I'm so excited to see Ja fully healthy in the playoffs. And just just based on the, like you said, they were 17-2 and two without him. They're 18-2. And, and two. obviously they were. Yeah. It was more than that. Did they? Yeah, I, I they, it, they were 17-2. No, it's, it's, and it's two more than 17. On, they played more than uh, 19 games <clears> Ja this year. I think Ja missed, like, 23 or 24. Okay. All right, well, they had a very good record without him, regardless. Uh, and so, yeah, I'll be excited to see what they can do with them in the playoffs. Especially if they're playing the Timberwolves. No, they'll beat the Timberwolves. It'll fuck yeah. them <coughs> And so you might be seeing Ja get his first playoff series win, see Luka get his first playoff series win. Uh this Clippers team, there's whispers of Kawhi, but I don't think if that's If you don't happen. bring someone back off of that injury into playoff basketball, you just, that's stupid. I think if it's Kawhi. Like, even if, like, even if Kawhi's back, they don't win at all this year. Well, no. but I uh, mean, like, it'd be one thing to be like, yeah, I'll bet on my guy when he's healthy, sure. But, like, he's not healthy, and you have to think about the future of your franchise. Kawhi could have been healthy a yeah. month ago. Yeah, and it's still, Nobody it wouldn't known. have changed... <laughs> Um, I, I'm just saying he could he could be just fine. He wouldn't no tell you. He no one knows. Yeah. Kawhi's too busy producing. He could just all of a sudden be like, "Check me in." <laughs> yeah, right, take off the the warm up suit, and it's like, wait, what? <laughs> I was like, well, I guess he's going in. 
<laughs> All right. So that's it. That's the entire playoff slate that we got. That's going to be starting uh, later today once this podcast comes out. Um, and I'm I'm excited. I'm, I'm excited for these playoffs. I'm super. Excited. You may as well do the future rounds, bud. Um, so no, no, huh? as well do the future rounds. You don't want to do the future rounds? No. <laughs> yeah. Wait, I, these playing games haven't even started yet. Who gives a shit? Nobody in the playing is going to win the, it all. They might not even make it. We we didn't think that the Grizzlies were going to make it last year, and all of a sudden they're playing the Jazz in the first round. And the Warriors were out. Not like a fucking game. Still. <laughs> we can't be talking about stuff when we don't know what's going to happen. We might as well just talk about how the Bucks just won it all again. The Bucks like, did just win it all again. Call it right now. Lock it, set it in stone. <laughs> Uh, do we want to say rest in peace to the Lakers real no. quick? Yeah, fuck the Lakers, man. <laughs> I I still wear my little hat every day. Bro, so I was at work the other day, right? And I knew yeah. I had made this bet. I was hoping he had forgotten about it. I've made this bet. I've made this bet the last three years. I've lost every year. No, I think I might have... I've made this bet the last two years, and I've lost both years. And it was, uh, will the Lakers make it further than the Bucks? in the playoffs and mind you the last two years I knew this was a stupid bet but if I don't take this bet then I'm not a true Lakers fan so I've lost $20 the last two years on the Lakers not being in the fucking playoffs um he comes up to me and he's just like do you remember and I was like yeah motherfucker I was hoping you forgot but like (laughs) he's like do you want to do the same bet next year I'm like I fucking guess man (laughs) <laughs> no, no, you don't want to make the same bet next year. They're going to fucking suck I, again. I knew they were going to suck this year, and I still made the bet. What's the difference? You, you just don't give me the $10. money. Just give yeah, me right. the money. Hey, you, you want to make a bet? I'll bet you 100 <laughs> Okay, fuck you. That's fair. That's fair. Uh, but, yeah, man. Uh, okay, okay, speaking of the Lakers... There's been a bunch of talks about how the Hornets and the Pacers want to take Russ. Bro, no one is, wants to take Russ. Is that cap? Yes. That has to be cap. They it's don't be. want to take him. Right. Yeah. I don't understand where those reports are coming from. I don't from. either. Like, it, it has they, to be bullshit. Like, is Ballsack Sports putting this out? Like, what is happening? Because it's yeah. If there's you no are way. any NBA franchise ever, you're insane for taking Russell Westbrook. It's not that they want to. It's that they're the only teams that can. That, yeah, and then they're making it like, Oh, they're the, like the strong potential suitors. Without yeah. jumping through hoops. Right. They're potential suitors, yeah. But you are insane yeah. if you take Russell Westbrook to your team for any... Like, I don't know that as an NBA executive you could pay me to take Russell Westbrook at this point. I don't know. MJ's done some pretty stupid things as a Hornets. So. Yeah, he has. Yeah, he has. Hey, Russell Westbrook's a, a Jordan guy. Uh, did y'all see he the thing a, a Jordan signature uh, shoe. It was like, since Frank Vogel got fired, Westbrook was like, I don't know why he hated me so much or whatever. I know why. Uh, yeah, same. I think everyone in the world, <laughs> except for Russell Westbrook, stands. Know why. You, like, yeah. And to be fair, Frank Vogel probably should have been harder on Russell Westbrook. Russell Westbrook should have been coming off the bench 
six games into the year and should have not seen the fourth quarter ever this year. Like, my God. And like I said at, at like earlier points in the year, it's not just his fault. Like, I've seen reports Anthony Davis wants to talk to LeBron about what changed. Like, motherfucker, you used to play basketball. Now you don't. Period. You like you sit on the bench more than you hoop. <laughs> that is it's, what changed. It's true. Street clothes Davis. Right. Anthony day to day Davis. Nothing about that team works, man. Yeah. I've been we seeing it. It's true. We knew it was not gonna work. A Great. bunch yeah, of old fucking guys in Russell Westbrook. Yeah, it's terrible. Yeah, the idea was Russell Westbrook is going to take over playmaking. Yeah, for usage rate and, like, so LeBron could rest. But, like, the problem is Russell Westbrook isn't good enough to win games as the spark plug anymore. Russell, like, uh, And LeBron doesn't want to rest on offense. He wants to rest rest on on defense. defense. Yeah, exactly. And, frankly, he's still good enough at offense to just play offense at this point. That's what I'm saying. Like, he's going to facilitate regardless. So, like, why are we – putting the ball in Russ's hands when we have LeBron James. Right. And to be fair, they didn't. No, so they Russell didn't. Westbrook had that zero did. reason to be on this team ever except to make me <laughs> physically upset. And make it hard to watch LeBron's. You, I have missed maybe five Laker games this year. Do you know how many fucking times I've watched Russell Westbrook wa- like miss a wide that's, open layup? That's all on you. That's a hundred percent your fault. Hey, I'm not gonna stop. Hey, you watching. should. You should. I mean, they, all they had forty is... games on national TV. Yeah, but I have league pass, so I watch every single one of them. And forty games on national TV was way too much. They should have had four. Yeah. <laughs> all, all I'm saying is, if you want to watch a bad team, like you Don't might as well just it. watch the Don't Pacers or the Kings <laughs> or the Kings. <laughs> My two favorite bad teams. At least they're fun to watch. No, no. no. Well, well, I'll I'll watch the Thunder. I don't torture myself. They fuck. They. I don't know any of the guys on that team. All I'm saying is, guys is like Kings. I hated Russell Westbrook before. I hate like as someone who has had or who had LeBron James on my fantasy team this year, and what the amount of extra points LeBron James could have scored for my fantasy team. If Russell Westbrook could just make a literal wide-open layup, I'm talking LeBron drives in, the center jumps, the center is in the air, LeBron kicks it directly under the basket to a directly under the basket Westbrook, and then Westbrook smokes the layup, I can, my memory's fucking dog shit, and I can think of 50 different times that happened this year. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Bad teams are bad. Good thing we don't have to to talk about them anymore because the only teams left are good teams. It's true. So, rest in peace, the Lakers. Like the Bulls. It's, yeah, that's that's a fair point. Thank God we don't have to watch the fucking Knicks in the playoffs this year, too. Thank God. I didn't even watch that series. I just watched, like, Trey Young Young wave goodbye to MSG. Yeah. But yeah, this this oh, uh, year's playoffs is, is shaping up to be quite competitive for sure. Yeah, I'm I'm excited about some of these first rounds. Usually the first round series, I you kind of land. I've liked the first round ever since the introduction kinda, of the plan. Like where I think it's. Yeah, I think I, I think that's yeah. 
Even some of them, like 4-0, series, a lot of those games are decided by under 10 points. Like, they could have went a different way. Right. Well, uh, you got anything else, oh. Joe? Got anything else, Tyler? No, good. Well, I appreciate you guys coming on, talking ball. Uh, I appreciate everybody tuning in to the Firestars podcast. You can follow us at PodFirestars on Twitter. Email us at thefirestarspod at gmail.com. Uh, you'll be seeing all of our awards come up pretty soon. Uh, hopefully they're up basically right when this pod comes out. Thanks for joining us, and we will talk at you next time. Deuces. <laughs>